This episode of Pet Resource Radio is brought to you by Westlake Ace Hardware Stores. Westlake Ace Pet Departments have everything you need for a happy, healthy pet. As your neighborhood pet destination for food, treats, toys, and bedding, shop the brands you trust like Blue Buffalo, Science Diet, Purina, and Kong. Also, all their stores are pet-friendly. Shopping with your best friend is more fun, and hey, it puts a smile on their employees' faces too, so feel free to bring your leashed pet with you when you shop. Our outreach efforts are also supported by La Mega KC, Kansas City's Spanish radio station, and Hot 103 Jams, KPRS, KC's number one station for hip-hop and R&B. We're talking with Russell Clothier, president of Shep's Place, about living with senior pets on this episode of Pet Resource Radio. the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. I'm Dave Shapiro. And I'm Scott Cotter. We're coming to you from the room we call the Fishbowl here at Pet Resource Center of Kansas City. We're a nonprofit whose goal is to keep pets and people together through shelter intervention programs and supportive services for folks who are in need. Exactly correct. And we've got uh, one of those supportive services coming up here on July the 10th. It's a drive through clinic, pet vaccinations, no appointment necessary, July 10th from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. That's a little bit different than our normal time frame. We normally do 9 to noon, so 8 to 11 at the Bonner Springs Farmer's Market out in Kelly Murphy Park. Uh, that's 129 Elm Street out in Bonner Springs, Kansas. That sounds fun, David. It's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. There's going to be, what What do we got for you? Vaccination specials, $35 for a full set of vaccinations for dogs, $25 for a full set for cats, puppies and kittens, just $10. Wow. Yeah. What, what a bargain. It is a bargain, and it's great, especially for us to be able to go out to someplace like Bonder Springs that we don't get to as often. Sure, sure. Um, what do we say we uh, go do some pet news? Oh, uh, I'm all in for it. First up, a real live cat burglar, a kleptomaniac cat. Say it isn't so. It is so. Esme is an outdoor cat that lives in Oregon and can't seem to stop stealing things from around the neighborhood. Gloves, masks, even things like bathing suits, knee pads, rolls of tape, and lengths of fabrics are all fodder for Esme's thieving ways. She brings them back to the back door and yowls until her mom, Kate, comes and tells her she did a good job. Uh, So what did Kate do about it? Well, she put up a sign in her yard with a drawing of Esme that says, My cat is a thief and attached the stolen items to a clothesline next to the sign so folks could get their stuff back. Okay, David, that's uh, that's hilarious. Just one question. Bathing suits, rolls of tape. What's up with this cat? I don't know. What's up with this neighborhood that there's just rolls of tape hanging out? Or uh, knee pads and links of fabric all just everywhere? I guess so. You know what my cat steals? Hmm. Nothing, because she is too lazy. <laughs> <laughs> that I mean, that takes some energy. Yeah. And my cat has none. This cat even goes and we'll we'll get gloves, but we'll get both of the gloves. We'll go get a glove, come back, go back and get the other glove, and then come back. Esme understands that one glove does you no good, David. Exactly. She understands that you need two. Mm -hmm. All right. Next up, proof that some things are just too deeply ingrained to go away. The Oswald family were traveling with their dog, Tilly, a two-year-old Border Collie and Healer mix, when they collided with another car. The rear window shattered and Tilly was thrown from the car. 
and he ran away because he was scared, understandably. After a 10-hour search by the Oswalds, local police, and a group of kind strangers, the family had to come home without Tilly. They were heartbroken. They posted a picture on Facebook to see if anyone had seen him, but nobody had a clue where he was. Cut to two days later, the scene, the Potter family sheep farm. I feel like I know where this is going, David. Okay. The Potters know... (laughs) This is the best part. The Potters know... (laughs) Notice from afar that one of the family's Australian shepherds, Huey, looked a little different. I'd say. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> they didn't think much of it until later when they tried to call Huey in. How do you call a dog named Huey? Oh, Huey. Yeah, that's pretty um, much it. The dog they thought was Huey wasn't Huey at all. It was some dog they didn't know herding their sheep. As you guessed, it turns out it was Tilly doing what he was born to do. In fact, Linda, his mom, says he also tries to herd humans at the dog park. Mm-hmm. That is so awesome. And the best part of that story is that the Potter family looked out there and they said, hey, our, our dog looks a little different, but it's just, but you know. They move so fast. Yeah, they move super fast when they're herding. So, And if they're off in a distance and they're in a crowd of sheep, how would you even know? Right. It's like, hey, there's a blur making our sheep go where they're supposed to go. With these eyes? Are you kidding me? Mm, Not going to happen. Same. Mm -hmm. I couldn't see it anyway. Uh, Why don't we go talk to uh, Russell Clothier? I like it. Located in a renovated old house on four acres in Independence, Shep's Place is a refuge for abandoned older dogs in the Kansas City area. We've got Shep's Place General Manager and Board President Russell Clothier on the show today to talk to us about their work and mission. Welcome to the show, Russell. Uh, Thank you for having me. So what is Shep's Place? Well, Shep's Place is a home for older dogs who have gone unadopted in shelters and rescues. Um, When it came about... Um, through my dog, Shep, mm-hmm. from whom it is named. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was a, a resident at what was then Great Plains out in Independence. It's sure. now Independence Animal Shelter. And uh, he had been there for several months when I met him. And we brought him home and fell in love with him. And we're like, well, what can we do to help other dogs like Shep? I mean, it wasn't who aren't in, in a life-threatening situation. Right. <laughs> they were already in the shelter. It wasn't going to you know, go anywhere, uh, but who deserve better than to just spend the rest of their time, you know, in a shelter environment. Uh, what can we do to give them a more home, like uh, normal dog existence? So it's, it's like a retirement home dog knocks village. We sometimes call it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Well, you talked a little bit about how Shep's place came to be. Um, you have a PhD in experimental physics and yes. you were raised a cat person. So yes. how did you end up caring for elderly dogs? <laughs> uh, strange uh, pathways, isn't it? How, how life goes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I used that degree to um, become a college professor because mm-hmm. I wanted to teach. And, but that was a subject that I still enjoy teaching. Sure. And uh, that took me to West Virginia where I met my wife mm-hmm. um, and my stepson and uh, to my everlasting shame, uh, all his the time he was growing up, he always wanted a dog. But you know, 
my wife and I were like, we don't want a dog. Dogs are noisy. Dogs right. you know, chew up furniture. Dog, dogs pee on things. I like cats. I had always liked cats. Cats are uh, like intelligent and aloof, and I somehow you know felt kinship with that when sure. I was younger. Um, so. <laughs> I, know, I know a little bit about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but uh, when uh, later on we moved back here because uh, I decided that I I got a bug in my wherever that I really wanted to teach high school instead of college. I mm-hmm. wanted to get younger kids, and I still do that part time. I still teach. Uh, two hours uh, during school year, do the college credit physics classes at Van Horn High S- High School in Independence there. <laughs> Kaka! That's if you go to Van Horn, that's what they say <laughs> at the end of it. Um, but so we came back here, uh, and my son eventually grew up. He lives in Los Angeles now. Mm-hmm. And uh, our house was sort of empty when I wasn't there. My wife was at home. She said, "I, you know, I really would like uh, – this cat isn't doing that. I really would like a dog <laughs> to be more companionable when you're gone. I'm like, oh, Okay. Okay. All right. <laughs> because you're my wife and I love you. We all get a dog. And so we got the a little dachshund Malcolm and uh, you know it's like the veil was lifted from my eyes. I'm like, "What was I thinking? Dogs are amazing. They're, you know, they're friendly and genuine and honest and and pure and, you know, maybe aloof and sarcastic is not what I want. Maybe I really <laughs> need some of this genuine affection coming from dogs." So we're sort of do- born again dog people gotcha right and so after that we we got ship um and we with the big empty house we were we were wanting to downsize and so we were looking at some places in the country and they had little barns with the you know we wanted to go out there so where our dogs could run around you know let's get a field where the dogs could go play i don't just have to walk them in the suburban neighborhood they can have you know free reign and uh we said well those barns you know we could put some kennels in there and we could get some of the older dogs like ship and get them out of there. And we could, you know, have them, you know, give them a place to live. And it sort of snowballed from there. And we eventually uh, found these two houses on Truman road and independence right next to each other. Um, They're older. They're 90 years old, Mm -hmm. uh, but they're in an industrial zone where you can put an animal shelter, but one of them, you can still live in it had been grandfathered so we could live in one and we could renovate the other one nice yes and so that's what we've done well how many uh how many pets have you cared for been able to help in the two years you've been around uh we're pretty small Mm -hmm. uh because they live in the house right uh you can't have them you know 20 dogs underfoot all the time right so we've had as many as 10 that was too many so uh-huh. we've sort of learned about six or seven is the number that can be in the house living together with some volunteers uh okay. comfortably so uh we tend to bring in a new one uh every two weeks or so okay on new dog friday that's what i i try to schedule on friday okay yeah i don't know why uh but that gives because the dogs have to live together you can't just bring in a whole bunch and throw them in a room and, right. and say hey get along yeah, now you're friends. Yeah, they, they, <laughs> they right. don't so we, we try to you know limit the turnover and that gives us a couple weeks to try to integrate the dogs and uh, get them all friends and so uh we've brought in i think 54 so that's about about two a month uh, since we started. What are some of the challenges of caring for senior pets? 
Well, I mean, you know, going into it, there are going to be older dogs and mm-hmm. older dogs have health problems. Right. Um, so keeping them healthy is uh, our first priority. Right. And uh, our, our vet bill, you know, we have some great vets at Farview Veterinary Hospital there in Independence on 24 Highway uh, that take very good care of them. Um, it's certainly our biggest budget item um is the medical care as no i'm doubt. sure uh, uh <laughs> working here you can yep. you can understand that we know a little bit about that, that for entirely sure. uh we have uh, as of this year we actually have an employee whoa <laughs> a part-time All right yes a retired vet tech mm-hmm. and she comes in and oversees the you know the health and so that if we have questions, because, you know, I'm a teacher, uh-huh. <laughs> the other board members, most everyone else there is just a volunteer from other walks of life. And so something would happen to a dog and we're like, was this, is this, you know, should I call the vet? Is this just a normal thing? Or is it? Right. So it's not, we have to have somebody with some, you know, medical uh, background that, that she can say, yeah, this, we really need to go or no, let's just give them that. And right. Yeah. Makes so, sense. yeah. So uh, also, I mean, Finding volunteers. I mean, the whole, uh, we are a volunteer organization, except for our one little employee and all the board members and no one gets paid for it. It's, and it's a huge job as Mm -hmm. you know, and, uh, the, these people have been just, they're the, you know, the salt of the earth. They come and spend their time and they love these dogs and take care of them. And, um, keeping the volunteers, keeping enough volunteers and make sure that we have two there every shift. Uh, that's an, a, an ongoing job. And our, uh, our volunteer coordinator, Trish Herbie, God bless her. She does. She works long hours more than I do. I'm pretty sure yeah. <laughs> keeping that, keeping that going. Um, now, actually I assumed going in that, uh, you know, finding of course the funding to keep going and buy the food and all that. Uh, I was totally, you know, terribly concerned with that. I was sort of just a leap of faith. Let's hope this works and let's hope that (laughs) there's good people out there. And it turns out there are a lot of good people out there that really want to really want to help dogs. And even if they don't, they can't volunteer, you know, they can always buy some food or donate some piddle pads. And it's been really kind of inspirational to see the, the support that's come from the the community. That's excellent. It is. Okay. So we talked about the challenges. Yeah. All right. Now what are the rewards? What is it like (laughs) to see those older dogs outside of a shelter setting? (laughs) Uh, Well, first of all, I want to make the people that actually work at the shelters. Mm -hmm. I mean, the shelters given the, given the resources they have. Yep. Oh my goodness. They do miracles. Yes, they do. Every person met there is just devoted to the animals and they're all, they're all also, you know, the the salt of the earth as far as I'm concerned. Sure. Uh, So I don't want to make it sound like a shelter setting is, no, you know, but it's just, it it, it is what it is. They do the best they can. It's the long-term dogs. I mean, everyone, anyone who's worked there has seen, you know, dogs that don't respond well to shelter settings and kind of shut down and all that stuff. And it's just fantastic to see them come and relax. And, you know, after a few days, they start, you know, sniffing around and then they're running around in the play yard and mm-hmm. being themselves. And, you know, that's, that's, that's the whole purpose. That's what we started that for. Yeah. You know, now it's true. Let's see. It, 
the the purpose is not necessarily to adopt dogs out. Um, oh yeah, it's a, it's a sanctuary, right? So they can stay forever if they want, if they need to, right? And going into it, I assume that's what most of them would do. That right. if they couldn't get adopted at the shelter, they probably just can't get adopted. But we'll give them a place, and you know they won't know. You know, it'll be the next best thing to be right. adopted for them. Right. Uh, it's been. You know, the most welcome surprise to me is that we have been able to adopt most of the dogs that come in here. Uh, you know, Excellent. we said from the beginning, they can stay, but if someone comes along, good. You know, right. good, that's better for the dog. As long as it's better for the dog, um, let's let's let them be adopted. So we have been able to adopt uh, 85% of the dogs that we have brought in. That's fantastic. And I think, you know, and people say, well, you know, they've – you know, I've thought about this. Why is that if they couldn't get adopted at the shelter? And I think it's just when people go to the shelter, they tend to be looking for puppies and young dogs and yep. things. And, you know, more power to them. They're, they're awesome. And when people come to our website or, you know, our Facebook page, it's, I, you know, they're looking for old dogs. They, where can we find an old dog? Oh, look, there's this place that has senior dog in its name. And so they know what they're getting into. And, right. and they, you know, they, they're looking for that. We have a lot of uh, older people, older couples and things mm-hmm. that don't want a puppy because they can't make a, you know, a 15-year commitment. That, and right. they don't want a total energetic <laughs> yep. ripping up the place. They kind of want a mellow dog, you know. And so and it, it works out fantastic for both of them. It's so awesome to see them in their new home and the new, the new owners, you know, uh, loving on them. Well, what's one of your favorite anecdotes about one of the dogs that ended up at Shep's place? Uh, what's oh, give me a story? <laughs> okay. Uh, well, you know, and that's that's that's. I'm glad you asked it that way. You know that you know animal work can be sad if you look at it the wrong way, right? You know, uh, mm-hmm. I I am a huge animal lover, obviously, but when those like Sarah McLaughlin or whatever. Yeah. The yeah. commercials come on and the sad dogs in the cages missing an eye and stuff. I mean, that just, it killed me. I didn't want to, you yeah. know, even though I loved dogs, I, that message just would, you know, would it's make me shrink yeah, from it. It's some negative messaging. For and sure. so we have tried at all times to be positive. Mm-hmm. You know, you can focus on, yes, they're old and they won't be around for long and they've had sad lives. Or you can focus on, hey, look, they they got out, they're doing great, they're mm-hmm. enjoying the time they have left. And that's how we, you know, try to look at it. So, like, a lot of the anecdotes of them coming there are probably not... <laughs> right, right. You know, they would be sad stories, but... Uh, you know, seeing where they go is kind of the fun thing. And uh, so I, th- we had a dog named Phyllis, mm-hmm. and she, uh, her back legs didn't work very well. She could barely stand up. Um, and uh, so we brought her there, and we had, you know, one of our volunteers, and this was early on, one of our volunteers made a little wheelchair for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, now we would probably be able to purchase one, but back then we didn't have any right, at all. Right. So, so that literally PVC pipes and, <laughs> and little twist ties and things yeah. and made this thing. And she started walking around and everyone was so excited. And she got adopted uh, by this couple in Kansas city and who, you know, were 
special people and, you know, understood her, her needs, took good care of her, took her to laser treatment. So we have a picture, the picture of her on our wall. We have pictures of all our dogs on the walls. Her mm-hmm. with a little laser the goggles. Little glass. Yeah, the goggles. <laughs> it looks those. really cool. But then they, yeah. you know, they, t- they went on vacations and took her. So we have, you know, pictures of her running on the beach and oh. being at, you know, Hollywood Boulevard and all these things. So and so cute. she got to live such a great, she didn't, you know, she lived for maybe a year longer. Sure. And, but she had such a quality life for that year um, that, that, you know, that's, again, why you got into it in the first place. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's always the thing to focus on is like, that is the reason. It's it's like you said, I, I think there is a lot of negative messaging. It's something that we try to avoid here mm-hmm. for that same reason. Yes, it tugs on the heartstrings. Yes, it gets people to donate. Yes, it does that. But what is mm-hmm. the long-term impact of, of attaching that negative message to something that can be so positive right. and so hopeful? So. And, you know, seeing the feedback from Facebook, people really appreciate that. They say, right. oh, we, we love hearing these, you know, stories. I mean, we're not Pollyanna. We're not no. making up this stuff. No. But, you know, if, if you're going to focus, you get to choose what your focus is. Why not celebrate yep. the dogs that in the life that they still have? Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, how can people find you if they want to find out more? Uh, well, all this social media stuff. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, we, of course, have a website, Shep's Place, all one word, no apostrophe, Shep, S-H-E-P-S, mm-hmm. Shep'sPlace.org, and the Facebook, Shep's Place Senior Dog Sanctuary. Um, and uh, I'm told we're on Instagram and Twitter. Okay. I don't do those <laughs> things because I'm old, but yes, we're also on there, so you can find us. Uh, there as well. We are um, always looking for volunteers. Uh, you know, it, it takes, we have about 75 volunteers. They come in, you can sign up for two hour shifts whenever oh, nice. it's convenient yeah. online. And so, you know, we ask that you, you know, come once or twice a month just so you keep up with who the dogs are. But, you know, it's a, if you're a dog lover, it's a pretty easy gig. You get to come and you clean up a little bit and hang out with them and, you know, feed them and give them their pills and love on them. So, yeah. so if, if you Aaron needs for some old dog love, you know, <laughs> check out our volunteer opportunities yeah, you know there the on place. the website. Yeah, exactly. Well, Russell, thank you so much for being on the show today. We really appreciate your time and what you do for the community. Well, thank you. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to share that with people. This is our first episode of the summer this year, so we thought we'd talk a little bit about keeping your dogs cool during the intense heat of the season. We humans, we keep ourselves cool in the heat by sweating. Your dogs, on the other hand, don't sweat except through their paws. And they also happen to be covered with fur. This is why they stick those floppy tongues out. It releases heat to cool them off, but it's no magic fix for overheating. The issue is activity, says Dr. Nichols, our chief veterinarian, and of course, how used to the heat your dog is up to a point. When it gets really hot, like it is in KC right now, it's just plain dangerous to work a dog very hard. The dog will go to their limit, explains Dr. Nichols, and then go beyond it because they're trying to do whatever it is that you want them to do. The thing that makes us love our dogs so much is also what could put them in danger. Because they're loyal, they'll do whatever their leader, that's you, demands of them, even if it hurts them. Hiking, biking, or going for a walk are things dogs love to do, but it's possible to push them too hard. Quote, you can't push them like that, says Dr. Nichols. It's better to let them self-regulate. That means giving them a chance to stop and sit down when they want, give them time to rest in the shade, drink some water. 
Now, if you must be out in the heat with your dog, the best bet is to take it easy. No hot cars. Keep any walks short and far away from hot pavement, which can burn their paws. And watch for signs of heat exhaustion or heat stroke. So the signs of heat exhaustion are panting, stopping, seeking to sit, or signs that they want to stop. Okay, If you, if you see those signs, it's maybe time to just give it a rest for a second. Uh, signs of heat stroke are temperature spikes, inability to walk or stand, being unresponsive, and vomiting. To cool a hot dog, Dr. Nichols recommends shade, cooling the paws and belly with a wet towel and lots of water. Quote, if they don't recover and act normal within 10 to 15 minutes, you should get your dog to the veterinarian right away, she says. Also, watch for dehydration. In dogs, it typically presents as lethargy, weakness, and dry gums. Finally, you've probably heard someone say a dog's coat keeps them cool. Yes, that's true up to a point. Because their coats are like your clothes. They protect them from the radiant heat of the sun. But if they're generating their own heat by working out, that fur works exactly the same by helping keep the heat inside. As hard as it is to think about, heat stroke can be fatal in minutes, and it comes on fast. So it's best just to wait until it's cooler to do harder or longer activities. That's not to say you should always stay 100% away from being active with your furry friend. Some warm weather activity is okay, especially if your dog is used to it, but go slow. Let your dog take the lead so they can rest in the shade and have a drink when they want and get inside early and often to cool off. Of course, a backyard kiddie pool is a great way to have fun with your pooch. Maybe that's why they call them the dog days of summer. And now we say goodbye to you, friends. Big thanks to Russell Clothier from Shep's Place for coming and talking to us. You can find out more about Shep's Place and see their current residence at shepsplace.org. As for us, we're a nonprofit that's trying to keep pets and people together, and you can help. Just go to prckc.org and you can donate, volunteer, shop our store, and more. If you're listening to us on your favorite podcasting app, please rate us and leave us a review. That helps others find us. For updates on all things Pet Resource Radio, please follow us on Facebook or Twitter. We're at PRR Podcast on both platforms. So until next time, tail wags and purrs to you and yours. And as Ernest Hemingway said, a cat has absolute emotional honesty. Human beings, for one reason or another, may hide their feelings, but a cat does not. Take care. Bye, friends. Pet Resource Radio is a production of the Pet Resource Center of Kansas City, hosted and produced by David Shapiro and Scott Cotter, written, recorded, and edited by David Shapiro, music by Hazel Rod Musical Industries, a.k.a. me. More info at soundcloud.com slash Musical Industries.